Hi, and welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming from the Joe Down. With me, as always, is Paul Muad'Dib from Cast That Movie. Paul, how are you doing? I am doing well today, sir. I, you know, I love... Ugh. All right, we'll get into that. But yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing good. I'm doing all right. Uh, I just got to ask you this one question that I asked during the uh, Fire Walk With Me podcast. Is it future or is it past? Oh, so good, right? so good um yeah uh yeah we'll get to that because is it future is it past what's going on right yeah yeah this was uh so dear listeners we are on part two of the return uh the part it's titled the stars turn and a time presents itself uh and this is you know uh, it's it's weird this is not like the other elements of Twin Peaks because this is basically one giant 18 hour long movie but right. uh, we'll, we'll, well we're gonna dig into this because there's a lot going on in this episode that I I forgot me too <laughs> me too and uh, it's uh, it's very this is a very interesting one <laughs> this is uh, and of course it deals with uh, the the Black Lodge which everybody knows is my favorite part of talking Twin Peaks so uh, Paul why don't you kick this episode off all right so let me just say first of all i love matthew lillard in the return <laughs> I, I i really do i he's just he's great for it like he just feels like it like it is a fit for there but we're in buckhorn and hastings is running his hands through his head and his scalp and you can hear the skin rubbing and the detective comes in along with his wife, and telling him this is going to be a very short uh, meeting. I assume then that we're going to find out that the that the Mackie, Mackley kind of knew what was coming. So uh, Phyllis tells, uh, tells Hastings that, uh, according to their attorney, George, he will not be released on bail. <laughs> and Hastings says that he didn't kill her, but he dreamt about being there that night. Well, yeah, Phil- yeah go ahead. Yeah, so this uh, one with all the crying. So he's, for me, he's the new Leland on two levels. Mm-hmm. One, he's crying all the time like Leland did. And two, the way he describes, so he's he, he had a dream where he was at, uh, what was her name? Ruth Davenport's house. Ruth Davenport's house, yes. Uh, he, who he was also having uh, somewhat of an affair with, we find out from this talk. Uh, but he, he claims he dreamt it. And uh, rewatching this for the podcast, it made me. Did you get the feeling like maybe uh, Leland had this too when something took over his body? Or yes. I think that this is what happens. Like there's that hole where they just think it was a dream or it was some kind of weird out there thought, like a deja vu thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what was going on with Leland. Yeah. So, and the reason I bring this up is like because uh, we find out. Uh, a little later, but I just want to bring it up now because it's with the Leland thing. I think he has, he has a little partner in him before, <laughs> before it takes off. And it's the woodsman we see for the very first time yes. in a cell down the way. So I think yep. uh, they kind of operate in the same way Bob does. Yeah. I think they're, they're of the same. Well, well we, I mean, we know that from the missing pieces, right? We see, we saw the, the woodsman. They looked a little bit different, but they were the same woodsman. 
Yes. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it was cool. So yeah, he's, and we also get like a, in its own twisted way, a lot of people complained about the return. Is like it wasn't like the original Twin Peaks. It still has the elements because we got like the soap opera shit in here. Oh, <laughs> With, uh... yeah. <laughs> and the quirky and the odd, the, the, that David Lynch odd form of direction where the way that they talk and everything, it's very, it, it has. Watching it a second time, we were given Twin Peaks, but it was the elements that David Lynch wanted us to focus on, not the shit ABC wanted. Yeah, and it's also, it was, uh, yeah, it's it's done in a more modern way where so like it it seems weird like with uh Bill and his wife like she's like I'm sleeping with George who is their attorney. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so it does it's like it kind of surprised me how much it, it kept some of these nightly soap opera elements that the first time through like just kind of like went over my head cuz I was expecting to see this sort of stuff in the town of Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, and, and actually she doesn't come out and do it. He calls her out on it when she says that he was at Davenport's and that he she knew she was sleeping with her. And he calls her out and says something very important here. Um, he said that, um, I knew you were having an affair with George and possibly someone else. And that little bit of possibly someone else comes into play a little bit later. Not a little bit. It's the very next scene. <laughs> well, sure. Okay, fine. But yeah, but then, but then George has to talk to the attorney that he knows is banging his wife. <laughs> yeah, yes. George, George, the attorney's walking in, and, and Bill's wife—it's like he knows. Come back to my place when you're done. You know, like flirtatiously. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come this back. Look of dread on his face, like oh shit. Oh fuck. Yep. Um, and. Uh... <laughs> And she does go home, and uh, we got Mr. C waiting for her. The other person she was possibly sleeping with. But, (laughs) Joe, why could she have, why would he have anything to do with her? It's all part of Mr. C's plan. Uh, We'll get into, like, why Mr. C arranges this. A lot of it has to do with uh, our favorite archivist. Yes. And a certain dead body we've come across. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to it when we get to that. Um, Mr. C is, uh, he, he talks, he is, he phrases things so odd in this. Just so kind of like odd. Put him as like, we know he's not of this earth, even though he looks like Dale Cooper. Uh, he says, you followed human nature perfectly which is such a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, granted, if I was like, if I walked by and David Lynch said that to me, like randomly on the street, I'd be like, well, that's David Lynch. And I just go about my day. But if somebody else said that to me, I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, that? So something ran through my head on this, knowing again, watching it a second time. And we haven't gotten to this part yet, but there alludes to the fact that she might be a tulpa or a doppelganger herself. Yeah, it has a yeah. Mister C shoots her, and the, the camera does this really weird thing. It's a mm-hmm. really weird effect. Uh, it, it goes back to like uh, you brought it up and cast that movie when you guys did uh, Elephant Man about uh, Lynch's love of hokey. Yes, effects. yes. He uses it a lot, but it it works in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might not work in 
uh, Dune or like something that's outside of his little world. Mm-hmm. But it works here really well. Really, really well. So, yeah, I think that she and I uh, will get into this because this is kind of what the when we get into the that part of the episode, I really think that she was a, a, a helper of Cooper's and he was done with her. And she was a loose end. And he shoots her with George's gun so he can frame the lawyer. Like, Mr. C's just a bastard. Oh, he's he's cold-blooded in this. He, he's a real... Dale Cooper's turned into a real son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 25 years. Holy shit. And he does not fuck around. Let me, um, so then we get this weird cut. And we have no idea why we're going to Las Vegas. And he, Duncan calls in Roger um, and gives him some money and says to hire her and to tell her that she has the job. And which Todd replies, why, why, you, why, do you, why do you let him do these things to you? Which Todd replies, you better not get involved with people like him. Yeah, never <laughs> have someone like him in your life. Yeah. Uh, and again, like the first time watching through, I, you know, like everything's like new and expansive. I real, I, I think they're talking about Mr. C. Now that we all, we, you and I've been through this journey before. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it obviously is Mr. C. But the first time I watched it, is like, or is this some of the new character? Like, I had no idea what the hell was going on the first time yeah. I watched. No, this. I'm sure, but I, I can't remember who the her was though. Oh, she comes in later. Uh, she gets a. Uh, Spoilers, everybody. She gets she gets taken down by Ike the Spike. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's right. That's right. I remember her now. Yes, yes. That, that comes a little further along. So yes, that comes a little further along. Okay, good. I forgot about Ike the Spike. Um, so yeah, go ahead to the next part because there's some there's some imagery here. Yeah. So we get uh, these uh, train tracks. And uh, the lights go are going on as the train's coming, and really reminiscent of the, for me at least, the 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 stoplight mm-hmm. from the original show that indicates danger. Yes. And not only does it have that vibe, we get the weird like Black Lodge spotlight over the center mm-hmm. of the area of where the train. Something I didn't remember until I was watching it for this. For this. Exactly. I'm glad you saw that too. Yes, I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea. I, I think it's because you and I were so busy trying to absorb everything and not just going along for the ride and appreciating what was happening. Because there's something that I missed earlier too. Um, in the going back just a little bit to when we saw um, Hastings in the jail cell and we saw the the the, the dark man. Um, and as he went away, I didn't notice, but there's a mask that he turns into like a mask and goes up into the, goes off camera. Yeah, it's weird. And also, uh, uh, before his wife enters, that extreme humming we hear later on, mm-hmm. his office is going on in the jail cell with him. Yes. Something I didn't pick up until I was rewatching it for this too. So, yes, everybody, it's all coming together and i guarantee you we're not going to have a grand unified theory of twin peaks we're just going to be more confused oh god no 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 we're not going to have a unified theory but i think we're going to be digging into some things and maybe bringing a perspective that maybe some other people didn't have yeah so go on joe you were saying about the train 
So the train goes by, and we're uh, at a ho- at a motel, a uh, little diner area with Mr. C, that fucker Ray, <laughs> Daria, <laughs> and a guy, uh, Jack, is it? Yeah, Jack. And uh, Mr. C, uh, you don't want to say he uh, wants things, or he needs something. He is a very... <laughs> This, uh, and it's weird, and I have a theory of why. He seems to have a little more personality in these first earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. I have a theory why. Ooh, uh, okay. The theory is uh, once Cooper comes in and becomes Dougie later on, he can't coexist. He becomes a little fractured. That's yeah. That's theory. And I think... He becomes more cold. Yeah. Theory's a little more playful with his his hired goons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, that fucker Ray, uh, he's, he has, a, he has information, access to information that Mr. C, uh, wants cause he doesn't need anything. No. And when he tells Mr. C he needs that, Mr. C goes off on a tirade. Yeah. <laughs> he does not like being told he needs something. And they also bring up that he has, there's something important coming in the next few days that he has to do by himself. And it makes Mr. C obviously uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And something else is going on here. Did you notice what Mr. C was eating? No. What was he eating? Cherry pie? Creamed corn. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to come up the next episode. <laughs> Literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was eating the, 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 the uh, symbolic creamed corn. And I'm sure that's, I'm actually sure that's probably, he didn't even order it. I'm sure he threw it on a plate and ate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because it seems yeah, like something Mr. C would do. Yes, and as Jack's on his, barely touched his three dinners. <laughs> yeah. But we do find out that Ray assures him that he got the information from Betty Hastings' secretary. Yes. Now, uh, yeah, Ray, uh, we'll find out later this episode. It's not a spoiler because this episode we find out all these people are pretty much, at least uh, Daria and Jack are working against Mr. C. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have an inkling that uh, Ray is probably in with it since he's with this crew anyway. Yes. <laughs> that fucker Ray. And that fucker Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot it's this episode where he gets that <laughs> moniker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that fucker Ray. <laughs> Yeah, the actor who plays Ray Monroe, that's uh, it's in his Twitter uh, bio. Yep. Played yep. that fucker Ray in Twitter. <laughs> Played that fucker Ray, George Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> so then, Joe, we get a move to another scene. And this was, and I'm still a little confused by this, because uh, I don't know where in time this takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to say this takes place at the end of the series, but that wouldn't make sense. Because Margaret's alive. Margaret's yeah. alive. Uh, Hawk is in the woods. Uh, something's supposed to happen this night. Uh, and uh, we find that he is uh, hes near Glastonbury Grove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Log Lady calls him. And I, I got to say, uh, I, it's heartbreaking to see Catherine Coulson like that you know mm-hmm. obviously she's she's dying when they film this well uh, we're gonna be bringing this up just because it, 
it it's heartbreaking to see but i love the interaction between them even though it's so good just on the phone like hawk she has hawk's personal cell phone number right (laughs) gives you a clue of how close those two really are yep and uh she uh she had her log is another thing to say and the stars turn and a time presents itself uh, she also tells him to come by later. She has coffee and pie for him. So I, again, it's just this interaction between Hawk and the log lady. I just, I just love it. It's yeah, I love it too. So it I have a, Oh, go ahead. It gives a nice, much needed uh, warmth because a lot of the return feels cold, a lot mm. cold compared to the original run of Twin Peaks. So mm-hmm. like when we get these uh, interactions between uh, Margaret and Hawk, I just, I love it. So I have a theory on the timeline as well of when this is happening. And I think it's happening at the point where Cooper is supposed to be leaving the Black Lodge and gets pushed down. Yes. I think I I agree because uh, Hawk sees the red curtains. Yeah, he sees the red curtains. He knows something's supposed to happen, but then they disappear. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I think this was when... uh, Cooper was supposed – his 25 years are up. Yep. <laughs> and Bob's 25 years are up. He's supposed to leave. Uh, and we find out what's happening here right after this. And I, I think – I also like the fact that Hawk sees the red curtains to the lodge. Uh, Harry saw this too. It just seems like they can't say anything about it because they sound like crazy people. Right. Right. So, yeah, right after this, we get Cooper sitting in the Red Lodge and we get the, or the Red Room, and we get the famous question Is it future or is it past? From a much older looking Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's got a one eye that I don't think works anymore. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. He's aged. It's been 25 hey, years. And he was, it's literally he was been 25 spring, years. He wasn't a spring chicken when they did the original show. No, 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 no. I mean, this is a guy who was born in 1939. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm glad they brought him back. One thing you got to give uh, Lynch credit for is he kept as much of the original cast as he could. Uh, yes, as, as he could and what he wanted and who he wanted, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it's great to see Mike. Uh, cert- we'll find out here in a bit. A certain uh, lodge entity <laughs> certainly has changed. But... And we're going to talk about why that happened. Yeah. We're going to take well, a big detour and talk about why. But first, so he asked him, is it future or is it past? And then he says, someone is here, and he vanishes. And then here comes Laura Palmer. Uh, this, is, this is a slight recreation of Cooper's dream from the third episode of the original series, mm-hmm. except, you know, obviously Cheryl Lee's a little older. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin's a little older. Although we discussed, he aged a lot better than David Lynch. Thought he was oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He looked awful. <laughs> His age makeup. Yes. Yes. He aged fortunately much better. Yeah. But she does say some curious things before they do the recreation. She tells him he can, you can go out now. Yeah, uh, and then she goes, "Do you recognize me? Are you Laura Palmer?" And then she does. I feel like I know her, 
but sometimes my arms bend back. And I have a theory about this. Is This is after Cooper's fuckery. Spoiler alert, he Marty McFly's the Twin Peaks timeline. Yes. And I think yes. that's letting us know that that's happening because uh, she does, uh, you know, it's still the, like, who are you? She says, I am Laura Palmer, but Laura Palmer's dead. I am dead, yet I live. Live, which is very, like, when that hit me, I'm like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense now. Yeah, I mean, again, like, uh, this is your second time going through it. This is my third time. And, like, I remember, like, when I bought the return and I was, like, messaging you, like, when I was re I'm like, dude, this is so much better the second time around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, the clues are, like, making fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But then, and this is also key, too. She removes her face, revealing a pulsating white light, and closes it back up. Yep. Uh, we'll see something similar to this later, except it's a lot more terrifying. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a lot more terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and then Cooper asks her, when can I go? And she recreates the legendary. She walks over, kisses him, and whispers in his ear. Now, what, but you, what she says troubles him as before... He looks a little more troubled by what she's saying than he was in the original, uh, what we saw in the first season. Yes. I did catch a glimpse, though. I think she whispered something funny to him at one point because I caught a glimpse when her hand was over, and she's trying to stifle a giggle, and he purses his lips really tightly together. It's just for a quick second, and then it cuts away and comes back. It was, it was funny. It, I was like, okay, she was whispering something to him that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's more of a set thing than yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> a clue into what, because, uh, you know, this is the set forth. This is the new mystery. Yes. We'll find, uh, you know, it's, if you're, you're listening to this, I hope you've already watched The Return. I think this is the start of not who killed Laura Palmer, but where is Laura Palmer? Right. And then because what happens? She pulls back and she starts screaming and God damn it. She needs to be a scream. She could have been the scream queen, man. Yeah. Like, she should have been in so many horror movies and so many, like, thrillers. She's got the just that awesome scream. They're, her pipes, man, they're still fucked. She sounds good, just as good, if not better, as the screaming she did in the original run and Firewalk with me. Yeah. And we get that hokey, that hokey Trim Peaks thing, but again, it works. <laughs> and she's going off. Now... This now makes sense to me of where she went. Yeah, uh, she's in Odessa now. <laughs> yep, yep, she's in Odessa now, exactly. And uh, then we see just how vast, because we haven't seen how vast this lodge is. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, bill, the, the curtains start billowing and we see like an infinite chevron floor with the mm -hmm. white horse. And uh, it, it looks both kind of cool and looked like it was done in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, Lynch loves his hokey effects. It works here. <laughs> oh, it really works here. And then, boom, we're back to Mike. And he asks him again, is it future or is it past? And so I think what's happening here as we're talking about the timeline is because Mike is used to what the timeline is. He's trying to figure out from Cooper where he's at and what he's experienced so far on his linear time. 
So yeah, I think that's why when he sees him both times, he's like, is it future or is it past? And he's trying to figure out what he can reveal to Cooper and what he can't. Yeah. Uh, we, we've described this before, what we think the, the Black Lodge is. It's a lot like uh, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Uh, they're unstuck in time like Billy Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm yeah. going to throw just a, a possible theory at you as well. It's something um, that kind of crossed my mind is that I, you know, if you're familiar with the with the con, uh, the unconscious conscious or the collective unconsciousness, it feels like this could be part of it. Like the like the like the Black Lodge is part of this unconscious will. The White Lodge is part of this, you know, uh, is part of the, the the light in the unconscious will, and <clears throat> that's why time is doesn't matter because everything's flowing. And again, these are creatures of that world essentially. And they're not affected by things like time and things like that. So when they have someone like Cooper or Laura in there or things of that nature, um, <clears throat> it it it's they are completely out of their element, and that's I, that's my thought. Yeah, well, it, it, I agree to an extent. We do see later on here. We'll get into it. Uh, Mike and the the arm do seem jarred because things are changing that they did not know about, which I think I chalk up to Cooper's uh, Marty McFly fuckery. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Because the arm tells him. Well, well let's get to the arm. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the arm. Okay. So Mike wants Cooper to follow him. And again, uh, Lynch is again, using the, the footsteps and playing it backward with yes. the audio, which I get, I love that effect. I love it. And, uh, he brings Cooper to the bubblegum tree. The bubblegum tree. The evolution uh, of the arm. I, I am the arm, and I sound like this, an old man eating soup. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, oh, why did you get an, uh, <laughs> why they had to give the arm an evolution? <laughs> oh, Fuck. So, what was his name again? Like, Michael Anderson or something? Yep, Michael Anderson. Michael Anderson. Um, you know, he has, I mean, obviously, you, he's the arm. I mean, you can tell, you look at him, there's some problems there, right? I mean, there's some physical and mental issues there. And 25 years have not been kind to him. Um, being saying this very politely. Um, he wanted $1 million from David Lynch to come back. Because he said he can't do this without him. And when Lynch told him to basically go pound sand, he started saying that Twin Peaks was all about uh, David Lynch's um, uh, uh, admitting that he raped his own daughter. And started going on anti-Semitic tears and just pissing everybody associated with Twin Peaks off. Yeah, his... uh... His Facebook feed, I was following it just because it, it was a beautiful train wreck in a sense um, leading up to the return because uh, we uh, he, he made it very clear like he, he's not partaking in this Twin Peaks thing and started crapping all over it. And then he started losing it more because people were like, ha, they replaced you with a bubblegum tree and he started blocking these people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did not deal with that part of this that well. No, this was very much a finger. This was very much David Lynch giving him the finger. Like, there, there is no other way to interpret this than I'm giving Michael Anderson the fucking finger. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he replaced him with a tree with a, a wad of bubble gum for a head. <laughs> and again, it works in this show. It works. It's weird and it's quirky and it's hokey as fuck. But my God, it works for what, what we're seeing here. Yeah. It, but it also fits in line with like, if you've ever seen uh, Lynch's art and sculptures and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, like this, this tree is like right up his alley. I mean, I'm sure he put a little thought into it. That's why it works. It's not like I'm just going to fucking. <laughs> no, but I, I think he did put a little thought into it, but I think he went $1 million. I'll fucking show you $1 million. Here, $25. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, I got some art things. And I think he started working on his art was like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> this is going in the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it, you know, asking for the million dollars being turned down is one thing, but then you start he's really just unfounded rumors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, really nasty rumors, like insane yeah. rumors. Yeah, yeah, he went, uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but, you know, like, after reading some of the nasty things he said, I'm, I'm glad he wasn't in this, if that's the kind of person he is in real life. Absolutely. Um, so then... He says, the, the, well, it says, um, uh, I am the arm, and I, get, I sound like this. And then he asks Cooper if he remembers his doppelganger, and that the doppelganger must come in in order for Cooper to go out. Yeah, and Lynch uh, uses some of the footage from the season two finale of Cooper mm-hmm. being chased by himself. Yes. <laughs> Which is funny, because so, the, the doppelganger runs really weird. He runs like Tom Cruise. I don't yes. Know watch YouTube videos of Tom Cruise running. running. It runs exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and he when he says that, Mike also looks a little troubled by all, all this is going on. He's just, uh, I think he senses something's afoot here. Mm-hmm. And now I, we're uh, we go back to Mister C. Oh Jesus Christ! This fucking. <laughs> what the fuck is the scene? All right, go on. I don't know, man. He just starts smushing his face like he's a, <laughs> like a little kid. <laughs> he closes the door. He, he hands him the keys. He's like, Jack, come here. And grabs his mouth and just starts stroking his face. And you know, I, ass- <laughs> I assume he's doing some kind of Black Lodge Bob shit to his head. That's all I can assume. I don't. I think he's just fucking with him before he kills him. You think <laughs> that's so? Like, I think. I think that's just one of those Lynchian quirks, like you know, like uh, fire walk with me when Lynch puts his hand his hand over his face it, when he's still talking to Jen. Mm. I think it's just Lynchian weirdness. I don't think okay. that has really anything. I think it was just. I want you to rub his face weird. <laughs> All right, David. <laughs> Action! <laughs> and then Mr. C uh, goes back to his hotel room where uh, Daria's on the phone, uh, <laughs> obviously concerned and paranoid. We see something's <laughs> afoot with uh, his uh, his hired goons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that because, like, she hangs up and she tells him she was talking to Jack. Uh, she was talking to uh, Ray. Ray, uh... Uh, so uh, we find out Ray never met, found, never met up. He was supposed to meet up with uh, Mr. C 
turns out Ray got uh, arrested bring <laughs> guns over state lines <laughs> at the worst possible time yeah <laughs> um, but we also found that mr c is uh he has a re- he has the recording of their conversation they just had yes yep this guy i mean well remember it, we, we we know he's running a billion dollar crazy operation and he is wicked smart so yeah i don't doubt yeah, that he, he is, had his is the skill and cunning of the real Dale Cooper. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had that. He had. I'm sure he had that wire tapped right away. Um, yeah. Dari has a. She has a rough go here for a while. Uh, he wants her 45, and then he's like, "Daria, Jack's dead. I killed him two hours ago after he wired the car." <laughs> <laughs> she just freaks. Like. She just freaks. And what does she get for her trouble? Smashed head against the bedboard. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh. And then he plays this. The, he plays the recording back, and they were assigned to kill him by a man named Jeffries. Yes. Uh, which, which we know is you know well we know of a Jeffries of a Philip Jeffries, um, and he now raised basically saying you got to fucking off him. And what does Daria try to do? Escape again. And what does she get with her problem? Smacked against the headboard three times. Yeah. Uh, he's he's playing with her. Oh, yeah. He's or, totally toying with you her. You know, he's just toying with her. But he wants to know. They were hired to kill him. He wants to know who hired her and Ray to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she admits that they're, they're splitting a half a million dollars. Uh, but she doesn't know where it, it's coming from. Right. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know how you know. I don't know how much she knows. We don't get a whole lot of time with Daria in this show. No. Uh, but uh, yeah. So he tells her uh, about this thing. He's like, I'm supposed to get pulled back into what they call the Black Lodge. So he's like, yes. he's dropping like weird information on her, and he pulls out a card. It's an Ace of Spades with a weird alien thing uh, mm-hmm. head on that we later find out that's uh judy yep uh, his weird drawing of judy (laughs) yes Uh, and he's upset with that prison thing with that fucker ray (laughs) that fucker ray (laughs) (laughs) he's in uh oh he's in uh south dakota federal prison (laughs) yep Uh, yeah, he's in Yankton. Ray's in Yankton Prison, which is on the eastern side of South Dakota. Yeah, uh, Buckhorn. We find out fictional town, but it's on the western end of South Dakota. Yes, yes, Buckhorn is fictional. So then she starts asking if she knows the coordinates, if she has anything. Uh, Ray told her anything. She's like, no. And then she's like, Am I gonna die? Are you gonna <laughs> Are kill me? He's like, yes. Yes. So she tries to escape, and we get. Like, I had such revisions back to um, Maddie at first because he, what does he do? He punches her right in the fucking face, man. Yeah. And just drops her. Bef- but then he just gets ruthless and pulls up their 45, puts a pillow over it, and shoots her in the fucking head. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mr. C's a busy guy. It's not like with Maddie, like, where he's, it's all fun and games. Bob has a, he has a job now. It's not like his wild and woolly teenage years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he shoots her. And then we see, uh, we have a, a callback here. He's mm-hmm. got Wyndham Earl's briefcase. 
yes, he does have Wyndham Earl's briefcase. And but he calls he calls the guy who he thinks is is, Jeffrey. is Jeffrey's. Who do you think it is? Because it's I I know it's not Jeffrey's. I have an idea of who this well, is. Oh, I'm going to tell you exactly who it is. It's fucking Albert. That's Miguel Ferry's voice. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it's I, Albert. <laughs> is it? Do you think it's Albert? He admits later on that he's doing a side thing with Jeffries to capture Cooper. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it's Albert. Surprise, everybody. Albert's fucking with Mr. C. Yeah, Albert's been fucking with him because... Albert even tells him, you're going back to in tomorrow. (laughs) You're going back in tomorrow and Bob will be with me again. (laughs) 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 Yep. So, and he, the voice on the other end basically says he missed, uh, if he found, um, uh, you know, if he met Major Briggs and then he missed him in New York and the doppelganger still in Buckhorn. And yeah, it was just kind of an interesting conversation. So yeah, that's right. It was Albert fucking with him. I think trying to, trying to get information out of him. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to it when he admits it to Cole. Mm-hmm. Like Albert, uh, he's been in contact with Philip Jeffries since uh, what we saw in Philadelphia in Fire yep. with me. Uh, and uh, Jeffries is kind of like the liaison between the lodges and uh, and the FBI. Uh, it's, he, 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 we see in this episode is with Bob on the loose outside the lodge, the lodges start falling apart in a sense. Yeah. There's hard rules that they can't be breaking. Yeah, and I think Cooper's been doing a lot of things, or Mr. C's been doing a lot of things over the years to fuck with that lodge in that way. Yeah, And I think all the lodges are kind of like, this shit needs to stop. Yeah. uh, uh, We know the Black Lodge is done with Bob's fuckery. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then he logs in the FBI server. Yep. Uh, it's just again, he's got the know-how of Agent Cooper, but mm-hmm. with like the most evil thing on Earth, which makes it like it's a deadly combination. Oh fuck, it's so evil! And he basically finds out exactly where fucker Ray is. Yeah, that fucker Ray. That fucker Ray. He knows exactly where that fucker Ray yeah, is. He's in the ancient prison, like <laughs> Daria told him. Yep. Yep. And then the, the, the doppelganger leaves and leaves the briefcase there to me, which I was confused about at first. Because I'm like, are you sure you want to leave that briefcase there? But then he goes and meets Chantel Hutchins. <laughs> this is the most, to me, this is one of the the second most disturbing thing in this, in this series. Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean when he's telling her how wet she is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Just, just like awkwardly grabs her fucking grabs her by the pussy and says mm, nice and wet jesus christ yeah and chantel's played by jennifer fucking jason lee i love her in this i love her in this and then her and tim roth who plays uh her husband her husband yeah yeah and it's amazing because he's like hey 
as he's grabbing her, as he's grabbing her and telling her what she is, your husband, you and your husband need to be in the, need to be here when I tell you. <laughs> yeah, a certain area. He's 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 a certain area. So that's another kind of clue. Like uh, they have to be in certain spots. Mister C is very meticulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how his plans work. Is how he's running a multi-billion-dollar crime ring with being under not being found by law enforcement. <laughs> For 25 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he has like lodge powers, but like he can't just like vanish. No. no. <laughs> so, and as we see later on, he can actually be arrested. <laughs> he can actually be arrested. We'll find that out very shortly. Um, then we go back to the to the Black Lodge, and our bubblegum tree says 253 time and time again, and then repeats Bob's name three times. And orders Cooper to go out two times. Yep. Uh, very interesting, that. And then... Well, if you remember uh, when Briggs brings Cooper, he only says the... It's written more times, but Briggs says Cooper. 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 Yep. Cooper. He says it three times, so it's a callback to... Yep. Briggs did, brought Agent Cooper in the uh, second season. Yep. And... Um, then he follows him to the he follows Mike in and then Mike disappears, tries to go to another entrance, but it's blocked to him. Yeah, he yeah, he uh, he can't get out. <laughs> he can't get out. And then he finds another hallway um, where Leland sits and tells Cooper to find Laura. Again, another clue. This is uh this is uh Cooper's Marty McFly fuckery. Mm-hmm. It's not find a killer or I didn't. Well, last time we saw Leland in the lodge, he says, I did not kill my daughter. Yep. Uh, now he says, find Laura. Uh, that means, again, this is the new timeline. Laura's in Odessa, Texas, which, again, uh, we've discussed. We think that's a nut. Uh, it's not the actual Odessa. It's, it's going to be uh, something different. Uh, yes. It's a place where they could hide her. Yep, exactly. It's the place where they could, where the where the White Lodge could hide her. Um, so yeah, and then he sees the shining light, and which uh, he follows, and he which kind of move over these, and then he opens up the curtains, and he has a vision um, of the statue. Mike says something's wrong, and the arm states it's his doppelganger. Cooper walks into another hallway where he sees the statue. He uh, opens the entrance and he sees the doppelganger driving in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, driving toward him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> things are going chaotic because we'll see in the next part, uh, Bob <laughs> Bob is breaking the lodge. Yes. And we're seeing it breaking here because uh, the, the lodge, the Chevrons are like popping out of the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything's shaking we get the trees the bubblegum tree doppelganger <laughs> yep 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 it's a dump yep yep it's not the real bubblegum arm it's a fake bubblegum arm yep. and it screams non-existent and shoots co- copper cooper into a black liquid which we find out in another time <laughs> that happened in the last episode was when <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Sam was looking for the was trying to find the 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 security guy. 
So this is uh so Cooper's in the glass box while Sam is not doing his fucking job. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, which is which works in Cooper's favor, I believe. And yes. yes. And <clears throat> it got that really hokey effect. But it looks so cool. Yeah. And uh, so this leads me to think that maybe uh, the security guard vanishing is uh, Mike or the arm fuckery to mm-hmm. distract people out, get uh, Sam out of that room. Yeah, I think it, I think it, there's definitely some lodge fuckery going on there. Since Bob is breaking the rules, they're going to start just doing their thing to get Bob back. They got to put the genie back in a box in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, now we're at the Palmer residence. We haven't, yes. We haven't seen the Palmer residence in a, the series yet, uh, this season. And we see Sarah drinking, smoking, and watching the most fucked up nature channel <laughs> ever. Where a bunch of lions are killing. I, I, was, it a, was it a fucking... It was like a moose, I think. Yeah, it was like a moose or a buffalo or some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, uh, you know... It, it, this is foreshadowing. This is the the she's watching predators eat the prey in a sense. That's it doesn't you know it's not heavy handed. <laughs> That's probably the most heavy handed symbolism we're gonna get. Yes, Lynch in a sense. Uh, it's uh, there's something not right with Sarah. Obviously, she's <laughs> you know 25 years has not been kind to her, and I'm sure a lot you know it outside of you know. Her uh, supernatural problems. She also has the problems of her husband raping and murdering their daughter and then killing himself within a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. She's she's going through a lot of shit. She's going through a lot of shit. And uh, we uh, then we start hearing music. Yes. And this is something I absolutely loved with this with this one. In part one, you didn't get it. Because technically these were one part, yeah. But well, they were one part. They were just aired at the same as a one yes. full episode. They were aired as one full episode. But um, I uh, this is something that happens. I think pretty much through all of them except for one episode where yeah. there's where's there's the music. Yeah. And how is I, the Roadhouse getting these bands? They have the best booking agent ever. Ever. And I got ever. Say, uh, this show introduced me, this season introduced me a lot of bands I had not known about. Mm-hmm. And one of them being this band, the Chromatics. I yeah. love them. Like, this, thank you, David Lynch, for introducing me. This, this band is fucking great. Yeah, yeah, the Chromatics are amazing. And when we get to another band, I'm going to tell you one that got my daughter and I really love. And um, so, but then we get Shelly, <laughs> who... Um, yeah, it looks like what, what I assumed Shelly was going to look like in 25 years. She's aged really well. <laughs> she did age really well, but she still has that, uh, oh, God, I love her to death, but the way that she plays Shelly, it's more like the girl at last call. <laughs> in my like, You know what I mean? She's the last call girl that you go home with. Like, yep. Like, yep. 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 She's and, sitting at a table full of them. <laughs> what's that? He's sitting at a table full of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a full the we're gonna go home at last call with some dude. Yeah, and then we get a glimpse, and we don't when we watched the first time, we had no idea what they were talking about. She says Stephen's not is not the right husband for her daughter Becky. 
yeah. is a problem. She's not happy. Holy shit, we'll go down that when that happens. History is repeating itself for Shelly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, her daughter's pretty much doing what she did with Leo Johnson. Yes. 25 when, years ago. When James Hurley shows the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> with, with his buddy Freddy. <laughs> okay, I like Freddy a lot. I, dude, dude, this is such a minor gl- glimpse at what a major fucking character he's going to be later. <laughs> and of course you're watching, you're like, what's with the green fucking glove? <laughs> right, right. I know, I'm like, and now when I was watching this for the second time, I'm like, he's been wearing the green glove this whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I think, you know, you're not looking for it. Like, I think, like, the first time I saw it, like, I saw he was wearing a green glove. I'm like, it must be like a work. Something he's like work or whatever, yeah. Work related, like I didn't really think twice of it. And then you know, the more we see Freddie, we're like, what's with that fucking glove? <laughs> yeah, what's with that fucking glove? And, and then uh, we get the dumbest quote in all of Twin Peaks history. Uh, this is this this quote is almost as bad as the just you and I song. Uh, Shelly, uh, her somebody at her table just. Uh, James has a crush on her. Yep. And she's like, James is cool. James has always been cool. It's just like, you know, you know, fuck. Well, okay. God damn it. There's some, there's a joke I want to crack, but I'm not going to because it's just been bad taste. Oh, crack your bad taste joke and I'll nope, probably double that. Nope, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well, here's the thing. Yes. No, she says, James is super cool. He's always been cool. And what I what the one thing I liked about that was the look of James and her and being able to go back 25 years and see and like think about, wow, you know, there always kind of was there was this mutual respect between um Shelly and James. Yeah, and that was share a scene in the original version of the show. What's that? Do they even have a scene together in the original run of the show? I think when he's in the when he's in Diner. the double R one time, yeah, yeah, when the double R one time, and um, we also have to remember Shelly is uh, secret history and final dossier lets us know that she is she's about the same age as all these people. She just uh, dropped out of high school. Yes, to marry Leo. To marry she, Leo. She was in the same uh, grade as uh, Audrey and the rest of them. Yep. And, it's something the show, original show really didn't tell us, but it's so. Well, it was implied, but it never really said it, right? Yeah, they never and, really said it. I always thought, I when I first saw this original series, I thought she might have been a few years older since she's not in school and working at the diner and all that. Plus, she looks a little older. Well, whatever. Not like she looks old, old, but she just seems a little, you know, more, more mature compared to the Donna and Audrey and all that. Yes. Yes, um, and then um, she also makes a comment that he had a motorcycle accident and wasn't quite the same afterwards. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, Poor maybe maybe that. Maybe, <laughs> just, the only regret I have is the motorcycle accident finished the job. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting to me? We also see uh, Jacques Renault attending bar. Yeah, yeah. We well, see, it's his twin brother. Right? It's his twin brother, John Michael. John Michael. <laughs> yes, John Michael Renault. But yeah, that was fucking weird. Like, wait a minute, what 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 dimension are we in? But this is also a clue of what the fuck's happening here. Um, yeah. that you know that that Cooper is fucking with shit. 
and he's going to be fucking with shit. And then we get red. I just want to say, too, because time is fracturing Mm -hmm. uh, from what the events of what's going on with the lodge and what Cooper's doing. And we're seeing this uh, with like there's the Lynch will throw in like weird kind of glitchy things. They'll kind of like inform us like, oh, this is uh, time uh, getting all fucked up and distorted. Mm-hmm. He does it. It's it's subtle at times and not so subtle at other times. But yeah, it's Cooper. Uh, apparently, never saw Back to the Future trilogy. If he did, he would know that you don't do this sort of thing. Otherwise, you end up with your mom trying to fuck you like Marty <laughs> McFly did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried to fuck his mom. I mean, and, and the weird thing is, he was gonna fuck his mom. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the more disturbing part. Yeah, like, he was gonna. Calvin was, Klein was gonna do it. Calvin Klein was gonna bang that bee, and uh, I really think that this went into Robert Zemeckis's um, Oedipus complex. I really think that's what the what the Back to the Future trilogy is about. <laughs> Still, best tr- best movie trilogy of all time. Oh, it's fantastic what they did with it. Yeah, yeah. But then we get Red, played by one Balthazar Getty. Yeah, who I love. Um, I loved him in. Um, uh, I loved him in Lost, uh, Lost Highway, which is what he used to do with. Um, uh, was the last Lynch movie he was in? Yeah, uh, we don't get a mu- lot of him. We just see that uh, he is uh, Shelley's uh, new kind of guy. Yep. In a sense, uh, again, she's. Uh, we'll find out. He's. <laughs> he's. <laughs> He's a, he's a lot like Leo. Yeah, he's a yeah. She just she's she, in the drug trade. Yeah, she can't. She yeah, she, she's so damaged. She can't have a decent relationship. Like I said, she's last call bar girl, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, she shot a man. She shot Leo. I mean, yeah, life came at Shelly Shelly Johnson fast. You know, I. A lot of it I don't blame her for, but uh, mm-hmm. I do blame her for saying James is cool. Uh, fuck you, Shelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and then the chromatics, uh, uh, I think it's Shadow is the song that's playing. Yes, it's the song Shadow that's playing. Again, that's like, I, I remember watching this and I was like, I've, how come I've never, and again, uh, I'll bring it up, because just about all these, you know, some of them I know about and love for a long time, and others I was just like, wow, that's really fucking good uh, yeah. I, don't think a, I don't think there's a clunker in any of these uh, roadhouse performances uh, there's one there's one clunker I don't I don't remember it Le- oh yeah wait Le- god damn it <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say y'all remember it <laughs> we're not gonna talk about Judy we're not gonna, we're not talk, gonna about- talk about Judy at all <laughs> You that song is, my, is Judy. Right? <laughs> you blocked it. You've watched the thing three we'll times. It, but... <laughs> you blocked it. I've watched it once and I remember that shit because I was traumatized. I tried to forget and then you reminded me. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, the episode ends and this episode is in memory of Frank Silva who played awesome. Bob and ter- <laughs> traumatized Paul and I's childhood. Yes. And Frank, you know, like I said, you know, he terrorized us, but he was like the nicest guy. Everybody, all accounts of him, was just like the nicest man in the world. Yeah. And he brought he, his mom to the premiere of Fire Walk with me. Yeah. 
Yep, brought his mom to the premiere of Firewalk with me. I mean, that's and a weird old, movie to bring your mom to, but <laughs> you know, and he was actually been worked with um worked with uh David Lynch for a while. He he did um he was the prop master and set decorator on Lynch's Dune and Wild at Heart. Yeah, Lynch likes to use people. He you know, he mm. is the reason why we you see a lot of people, uh Kyle McLaughlin probably being the one he Oh, not uh, Jack Nance has probably done more projects with Lynch than Kyle, but Kyle's probably in second place there with that. Mm-hmm. He st- he sticks with the people he likes, and it- it's kind of nice to see. Yeah, I think Laura Dern's up there as well with a lot of stuff that he's that she's done with 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 uh, um, David Lynch. And let's also not forget that Sylvia did appear in the Anthrax video only. <laughs> Anthrax, I believe, have a song about Twin Peaks, too. That's crazy to me. Um, so, you know, I, I I hate, you know, he died very young at 44 in 1995. God, he was only 44. I'm 39. I thought he was, like, in his 50s. Yeah, I'm 39. I thought he was in his 50s, yeah. I think no. it's just the gray hair, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, died at, he died at 44. Um, overall, Joe, what takeaways what do you think what things do you want to dive into that were kind of cryptic well i mean we we got uh mr c is being fucked with uh-huh. we talked about it albert and uh the real jeffries are uh they're trying to write this ship uh the ship being uh time and <laughs> everything itself because bob is bob via cooper Mr. C are, uh, they're breaking the rules. And we talked about this, I think, in uh, the season two finale. There's hard rules in the lodges that you don't break. Mm-hmm. And we see in this, and especially I think it's the next episode. I, I, well. I want to say it's that, because that, how Cooper eventually gets out. Uh, it, it's not, <laughs> you don't want to be breaking these rules. Yeah, no. No, you do not. No, you do not. Um, yeah, it's uh, so. But again, Mister C is uh, you know, he's a real, he's a real son of a bitch. <laughs> Holy shit, Mister C is a son of a bitch, and we're gonna find out just what a son of a bitch he is. Um, let, let's okay. Um, let's talk a little bit. I just want to go through the music again because I think you know we could go into all the time, but the music that's going to become is going to come from the Chromatics. Is going to come from the Cactus Blossom. That's another band, Cactus Blossoms, that Mississippi song. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love that song. Um, The Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) The Nine Inch Nails, Sharon Von Etten, um, Trouble, um, um, Orovar Simone, um, Hudson Mohawk, Rebecca Del Rio. um, I see Rebecca Del Rio back in a Lynch thing, too. Last time we saw her was in Mulholland Drive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And um, we got Leslie, the uh, Vales, um, and Edward Lewis Severson Third, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as... Eddie Vedder, which I love that song. When we I get, do, I, uh, yeah, I do too. I'm, I, I like Pearl Jam. I'm not a huge fan of Pearl Jam, right? I, I like them. They're good. My thing with Pearl Jam is they're, like, they're kind of like the Stones to me, they're they're solid rock band. I've seen them live uh, twice, maybe three times. 
they're one of the best live bands I've I've seen. There's like bands that I love to see live, but I really don't care about their studio stuff. Uh, Clutch mm-hmm. being another one, I saw them last year. Phenomenal live band. I could give two shits about the studio albums, right? Uh, but the, uh, Out of Sand is such a good song. Oh my god, it's fucking brilliant. It's and it and it works. I mean, first of all, I can relate to the song as we're getting older, right? Like this song is all about Eddie Vedder coming to coming to terms with him getting older and but this whole that song is like to me the summation of this fucking season as well like yeah. it just fits perfectly and then we'll see julie cruz with the chromatics <laughs> yeah and uh and she'll have a she'll raise another stink about <laughs> in that too. oh god yeah she will <laughs> i don't blame her look she has a julie cruz has a, a she doesn't have the best relationship with <laughs> No. No. But also, she's playing in his sandbox, so... Uh, I mean, you take what you take, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's his show. He's... Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I mean, I liked this episode a lot. Like, now, again, it's having seen it for the second time. It makes so much more sense. Um, there's just, you know, it's, it's like, okay, I know what's coming now. So I know, I know what these things mean. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. Quick, you have uh, to watch. Did, who did Go you ahead. think the Jeffries was? What was your theory before I interrupted you? I, you know, I thought it was Mike. That's what I, I thought the first time I saw it. Yeah. I thought it was Mike and, you know, I forgot it was Albert. And it was yeah. also what I thought the first time around as well. So it just goes to show that there's, there's things in this that are going to, you know, I'm going to go, holy shit, I forgot about that. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's 18 hours, people. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on, and there's they're throwing a lot at you. And it's in a way that's written that it's like, it's kind of like when you watch the Back to the Future trilogy and how satisfying it is when you see it the second time. And watch for the little things that they did so detailed orient orientated that it could work with it and they could make these things work. It's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to take in with these episodes. I it's 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 so much more fun watching it on you know, going through it again after you've experienced it. And again, uh the, the Frost books that tie into it really help, too. Uh, I'm rereading Final Dossier right now just because mm-hmm. I just can't get enough Twin Peaks now because we're doing the podcast. Right. Uh, so, and Secret History, these books, like, set it up and bookend it, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's such a fun ride. Yes, it is amazing. Um yeah, and to go back because you know the last one was um, we talked about Catherine Coulson and it being and it's heartbreaking. She filmed her scenes four days before she died in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I'm glad she was able to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, Log is such an important element of the show and. The fact that she she's dying, but she's willing to go back and do this is just amazing. 
It's heartbreaking, yeah. though. It's so sad. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it's heartbreaking sad, and there's going to be more heartbreaking sadness. Um, yeah, because James sings the song again. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it's um, the most heartbreaking sadness of show I told you. I told you. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting into the next next episode because if I remember correctly, there's a lot of shit that's about to go down. Yeah, and go on a very weird path. <laughs> a path uh, I don't think anybody could say they saw it coming. <laughs> no, nobody saw it coming. So um, we will get into that next uh, next episode. Um, for the time being, Joe, I, I, uh, what do you got, what do you guys got going on? I know you guys did any given Sunday. You just dropped that on the Joe down. Yep. We got a uh, Mr. Baseball coming. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm just going to call it. I'm going to just assume it's the incredibly racist Tom Selleck movie <laughs> about a guy who, uh, plays baseball in Japan. Uh, who do you guys got coming up for cast that movie? Uh, we have uh, John Carter and the Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, I thought you guys did Red Dead Redemption. Oh, um, second, oh, oh the, the Xbox yeah, 360. Yeah, oh, no, no. I'm. You're right. Oh, Jesus Christ. I am, I am not with it. Yes, you're right. We are doing King of Kong and... Uh, John Carter, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Billy Mitchell. Good thing um, I listen to your podcast, Paul. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm doing so much of these now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, we're doing uh, Bears, Beats, and Bobbleheads, talking the office, which we have Got an episode dropping this week. I, I think. yes, I believe we have an episode dropping this week. Um, and then we do, um, you know, we do this one. I do cast that movie, and I'm looking at a uh, food one. Food. Food one starting in August. Nice. Yes. So it's going to be two people that you're unfamiliar with, but have been begging to do a podcast with me, and I finally relented and said let's start in August, and um, I'll, I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a little hint on it. What it's going to be is we're going to go over um, a spice or a food product. We're going to dig into the history of that and kind of where it came from, its origins, the different ways it's cooked. And then all three of us are going to come up with our favorite recipe of how that of either how that spice or that food is 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 utilized. Oh, nice. Yes. And then, yeah. And then once a once a month, maybe um, we're going to throw it up. Or we'll throw it up on the Joe down um, is we'll make a video um, and it's going to be us cooking something. From one of the one of the episodes that we did prior, yep. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so that's Let's see what you guys do with the spice melange. <laughs> I, you know, uh, there's only one way to do spice melange, and that's off Cheney's tits. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! With that, Joe, do you want to take us out? Yeah. Uh... Until next time, uh, I got nothing. Shut up, Shelly. James is never cool. I got one, one, nine. One, 
one nine.